I hope everybody had a great weekend. It was not a great weekend for failed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has ended his presidential campaign without even waiting to see the results of the New Hampshire primary. And I have to tell you, it makes sense. He was destined to self humiliate tomorrow night. Let's go back to where we were last week. As I told you on the eve of the Iowa caucuses, if DeSantis came in third in Iowa, I expected him to drop out. He just barely by the skin of his teeth came in second ahead of Nikki Haley. And so the fight continued into New Hampshire. My expectation was if he came in third in New Hampshire the way he was slated to do, it was over. Some of you wrote to me and said, David, no, Sanctus is going to make it until Super Tuesday. And I said, no, 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 I don't think so. And indeed, not even making it to New Hampshire and completely, you know, the, the if I had to think of one word to describe Ron DeSantis, it would be pathetic. And there is nothing more pathetic than ending his campaign on Twitter with a quote falsely attributed to Winston Churchill. Right. I mean, every detail about this guy is just pathetic and humiliating. And uh, then immediately endorsing Donald Trump, despite criticizing those who uh, kiss the ring or whatever phrase it was that he used about a week ago. So starting with the report from the Associated Press, DeSantis drops out of presidential race, leaving Trump and Haley to face off in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley getting the two person race she wanted, although I think it's going to be a disaster for her. We'll get to that a little bit later. Here is Donald Trump's tweet where he said six. This is a quote. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts, attributing that quote to Winston Churchill. Unfortunately, as Axios fact checked, there is no evidence that World War II leader and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill ever said it. There is no evidence that he ever said it. And um, it has been misattributed to Churchill in the past. Here is Ron DeSantis making the statement, a principled statement, a courageous statement. Now, it's not any of those things, <laughs> uh, but it is a statement. I think it is a statement for sure. Here is what he had to say. We're picking it up in the middle where he announces that tragically he will be suspending his presidential campaign. Left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. He needed prayer. That's why he would. He might have ended it right away, but he had not yet prayed for the answers. Now he has. And I guess he got them. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Now, that's funny because he hasn't had a clear path to victory for months, and yet he continued soliciting funds and asking his supporters to help. So that's just a pathetic lie. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. Yeah, I'm proud to have delivered on 100 percent of my promises. What promises did he do? What is he talking about? What what is he talking about? About it? He delivered 100. His promise was that he would be the nominee. His promise was he would beat Joe Biden. His promise was Donald Trump wasn't going to be what what prom what's a single promise in his campaign this guy delivered on. And I will not stop now. Oh. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance 
and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. Trump sucks, but he's better than Biden, so I'm endorsing him. I'm kissing the ring. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. <laughs> the days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters. Yeah. Anyway, my campaign is going to the dustbin of history. Um, pathetic, really one of maybe the worst run campaign I can remember cover serious campaign, right? Like you have these campaign. We, we might say, oh, Tim Scott's campaign was terrible. He was never really a contender. When we think about people who were actually contenders, DeSantis was polling over 30 at the beginning of 2023. He ended up with 11 nationally in the single digits in New Hampshire, a complete implosion of a campaign. And uh, obviously he had no shot. He didn't deliver a single promise and he dropped out on Twitter uh, with a fake Winston Churchill quote. So every detail of DeSantis getting in to this thing and running this thing as humiliating as ultimately how he got out of it. And uh, I am curious whether he will appear. Donald Trump is holding one final rally in New Hampshire tonight before tomorrow's uh, election. I plan to cover it live this evening. I hope you'll join me. And I'm curious whether Ron DeSantis will be there to endorse Trump in person. I don't know. I now want to look at some signs from the weekend that uh, DeSantis was in trouble because it was pretty damn clear. So. Ron DeSantis, as we talked about, has officially ended or he calls it suspending his presidential campaign. He has endorsed Donald Trump. He was on track to secure five or six percent of the vote in tomorrow night's New Hampshire primary. It was pretty clear from some elements that were published audio visually over the weekend that this guy knew he was dead in the water. And in fact, as I uh, yesterday before DeSantis's announcement, I was preparing for today's show and I was reviewing some of these clips. And what I was going to tell you is he now knows he has no shot. But now we know he knows that because he has ended his campaign. Here is some you. I, I know my empathy uh, meter may just be too high. It may be calibrated to, to be too sensitive and feel bad for people. This is a clip from earlier this weekend before he dropped out. You could just see the failure palpable on his face. He was asked, what's your end goal here uh, with South Carolina? Because the initial announcement was, let's move people from New Hampshire to South Carolina. We're not going to do well in New Hampshire. Maybe we can do well in South Carolina. And his answer just has defeat written all over. I'm not a political pundit. I mean, we're we're here. You saw the folks. We get great reception. Um, you know, we're as this thing turns, you know, we're going to be um, in a good situation. Yeah. I mean, he just he, he asked, is there even a single county you think you could win here in South Carolina? What's the plan? He's like, I don't know. I'm not a political pundit. Not exactly a confident vibe over the weekend and also another early sign of trouble. And again, he ultimately said I'm out and it, it all makes sense. 
Here is Jim Acosta on CNN announcing that DeSantis canceled all of his Sunday show appearances yesterday. Again, two days before a primary, you don't cancel every TV appearance if you plan to continue, if you think you have a shot. CNN has learned that Ron DeSantis has canceled appearances on both CNN State of the Union and NBC's Meet the Press tomorrow morning. Uh, CNN Steve Contorno joins us now from Lexington, South Carolina, which uh, with more on what could be a major development in this campaign. Uh, Steve, I mean, it's it's never. All right. We don't even need to. I mean, Jim Acosta makes the obvious good point. sign when a candidate is uh, canceling Sunday morning appearances right before a big primary like New Hampshire. Obviously, they, they don't want to take questions along the lines of, are you going to drop out? Yeah. And of course, the answer is yes, he is indeed dropping out. So a quick check of the polling as of this moment, as you can see here, two lines surging. The purple line is Trump. The red line is Nikki Haley. And Ron DeSantis was down to seven on average in New Hampshire. Now, I'm going to make one other kind of comment here, and this will be relevant maybe tonight during live coverage of the rally. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. There there was this one poll in which Nikki Haley tied Donald Trump in New Hampshire 40 to 40. On average, Trump is beating her significantly by nearly 20 points. The expectation I have is Trump will easily win in New Hampshire. Maybe Haley will end up overperforming by two or three points relative to the polling and Trump will underperform by two or three points. But this entire Nikki is tied with Trump thing. Nikki is tied with Trump in a single poll, which is an outlier. And on average, Trump's winning by 20. The reason the New Hampshire primary is so important is let's just imagine that it was up for for the for Nikki Haley to win it. The New Hampshire primary could be the inflection point for this primary race. And here's what I mean. Trump won Iowa. If Trump wins New Hampshire, you now have a situation where everybody else has dropped out of the two primaries. Trump will have won 100 percent of them. They will be heading into South Carolina, which despite being Nikki Haley's home state, Trump is leading in. In that scenario, this primary is over and Trump's got it. The counterpoint would be if Nikki Haley can somehow gain 20 points overnight and win New Hampshire, you then have a different scenario. You now can say, hey, we have two primaries and we have two winners. Trump won one and Nikki Haley won a single one. And the next state is Nikki Haley's home state. If now she can build momentum between now and the South Carolina primary and she can win that, you then have a real race. You then have a situation where out of three primaries, Nikki Haley will have won two. Uh, uh, we will then be heading into Super Tuesday uh, and it's, it's a diff- very different situation. So in a sense, everything is riding on New Hampshire. In another sense, other than that one poll that says they're tied, Trump is very clearly winning and winning by a lot. And in that sense, everything's riding on New Hampshire and it will all but guarantee that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. So let's take a break. After this short break, we will look at some of the campaign stops of the different candidates. We will look at very interesting new polling involving Joe Biden. We will look uh, we're going to zoom out. Republicans are panicking about 2024 because many of them are realizing we have no accomplishments to run on. What are we going to say to people to get them to vote for us? I guess we'll have to make stuff up about litter boxes and bathrooms. And that's exactly what they're doing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. 
So many people in our audience have become fans of our sponsor Ounce of Hope. Ounce of Hope is a cannabis farm that ships CBD and psychoactive THC products to your door anywhere in the US. This is federally legal THCA, THC Delta eight and nine. They have edibles. And now you can check out the brand new drink from Ounce of Hope for 2024. The Berry High five milligram THC seltzer. It's the only 16 ounce THC seltzer on the market. It's only five bucks, a price no one can beat at their cannabis farm in Memphis. Ounce of Hope sustainably raises fish to feed local homeless people. I've always thought it's a really cool operation. Besides the delicious seltzer, they have gummies, chocolate, Rice Krispie treats, caramels, topicals, oils, soft gels, you name it. Ounce of Hope grows, extracts and formulates all of these world class products in house so that you can trust the safety and quality of every product that arrives at your door. So whether you're looking for a little help sleeping at night, something for aches and pains, a way to unwind on the weekend, Ounce of Hope can help you out if you are over 21. And right now you can pick up their very high five milligram THC seltzers for five bucks each at ounceofhope.com. No one can beat that price. And aside from their drinks, you'll get 20 percent off everything else when you use the code Pacman. That's ounceofhope.com. Pick up one of their THC seltzers for just five bucks. Use the code Pacman to get 20 percent off everything else. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. Did you know there are hundreds of commercial databases and people search sites that hold your personal information and the number is growing every year? Anyone in the world, boss and ex can use these people search sites to see your online activity, to find your home address, phone number, email address, license plate number, family members, financial info, even your political beliefs. Europe has certain laws that protect people against this. But it is a big problem in the United States. The FBI is even buying this data from these companies to get private information about Americans without search warrants. And the solution is our sponsor Incogni. It takes just moments to sign up. Incogni will send takedown notices to all of the major data broker companies to get your information removed from their databases, which they are legally required to do. And Incogni will keep you updated every step of the way. 
with live information about who's complied, where is Incogni still working on it. Incogni will even send follow ups and appeals on your behalf. Go to incogni.com slash Pacman. You'll get 60% off with the code Pacman. That's INCOGNI.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for 60% off. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman Show, especially in such a critical election year, such an inflection point is November of 2024. In such a year, we continue to be funded primarily by our audience. I invite you to get the full experience. Get the show without commercials in audio or video form. Get access to the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money, but everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Join it. Yes, Alex, join. Let people join. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. The new website's member section is heavily under development. The new soundboard that members will have access to is looking absolutely beautiful. We've got a bunch of other great things up our sleeve, all of that and more. Sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code Save Democracy 24. That's the words save democracy, some of the best words save democracy and the number 24. That's the digit two and the digit four. save democracy 24 at joinpacman.com. I have some of the scariest video of Donald Trump that we have ever seen. Donald Trump suffered a scary cognitive issue deteriorating very quickly during a rally in Concord, New Hampshire, Trump pronouncing it Concord like the uh, infamous supersonic jet, but it is conquered. Please, sir, Trump, as you can see, soaking wet. He entered a fugue state. Trump rambled about Nikki Haley being responsible for capital security on January 6th. Trump looks confused. The news simply is reporting, oh, Trump mixed up and said Nikki Haley instead of Nancy Pelosi. The truth is, Trump gets that vacant look in his eyes where he has these. It, it's almost like the breaking bad fugue state that Walter White faked. He's gone. He's just it's like he's not even there behind his eyes. Nothing he says makes sense. And he talks about how Nikki Haley was responsible for capital security on January 6th, which, of course, she was not. You know, by the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. He, he already realizes he's confused here. OK, you know, they did. You know, they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, what? soldiers, National Guard, so whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. What? I, I'm slowly starting to think. He may not have aced that cognitive dementia screening test. Trump just confused the entire speech, yelling China and Russia, Russia or China. And she was sitting there like, what the hell? She didn't. She wasn't. She didn't. I put her in the room. You know, look, one of the reasons I did, because I happen to love the lieutenant governor, Henry McMaster just confused the entire speech and the rate at which this guy seems to be deteriorating is very scary. Trump talked about canceling the election. Why not cancel it and just give it to him after all? The poll shows were higher 
just cancel the election. Just say Trump wins automatically because that's a whole. He means it, folks. He's not kidding. Now they're going to say, see, now when I say that, you know, we have fun. We're laughing and kidding. But when I say that he's a fascist, he announced tonight he wants to cancel the election. He knows he has to play it off. But this is a guy who believes. Why are we even having a primary? I'm winning in the polls. Just end it. Just give it to me and let me move on. So maybe I can get elected president to save myself criminally, to save myself criminally. Trump also now focusing in on really the only person standing between him and the nomination, Nikki Haley, attacking her. She's not smart enough. And by the way, in the same breath mentions that dictators are very fine people he's doing. And now he's backing a woman that I know very well, a woman that is not capable of doing this job. I know her very well. She's not tough enough. She's not smart enough and she wasn't respected enough. She cannot do this job. She's not going to be able to deal with President Xi. She's not going to be able to deal with Putin and Kim Jong Un and all of the people that you the very fine people you have to deal with. Are they very fine? The dictators are the first few. You know, Trudeau is not a fine person. Macron is not a fine person. The, the fine people are Trump, Xi and Kim. This guy is sick. And then lastly, Trump just insulting people ad nauseum during these events. Guys like Adam Schiff and you know, Shifty Pencil Neck. Pencil Neck. He's a marvel. No, he's a structural marvel. He has a neck and his head is like a watermelon and his neck. And how that neck can hold up that big, oversized, ugly head is hard to believe. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's like your finger on a basketball. Some of these guys, they spin it. No, no, he's a terrible guy. This is what the Republican Party wants again as their nominee for the third time. The first time he just barely won 77,000 votes in three states while losing the popular vote. The second time he just lost everything, popular vote, electoral college, and they want to do it again. And the best he can do is talk about which fruits Adam Schiff's head resembles. And by the way, I asked Adam Schiff about the watermelon head thing when he was on the show. Uh, he, he had a pretty funny reaction. Go and check that out. So a very rapidly deteriorating Trump. He knows not only does the primary probably depend on tomorrow night's primary in New Hampshire, but he knows that, quite frankly, as he perceives it, his freedom might depend on the New Hampshire primary and therefore whether he becomes the nominee, whether he has a shot at winning, which he thinks would keep him out of prison. Legal experts don't agree, but this is what Donald Trump believes. Let's now talk about finally Nikki Haley jumping on the Trump dementia train. You know, Nikki Haley has been very careful to dance around the Trump cognitive decline issue. Um, DeSantis has alluded to it, saying he's not what he was. He's changed a different Trump. Nikki Haley has been more careful after Donald Trump seemed visibly disoriented in a sort of fugue state at his rally in Concord, New Hampshire over the weekend. 
suggesting that it was Nikki Haley's responsibility to provide capital security on January 6, 2021. Really scary cognitive event for Trump. Nikki Haley clearly said, I have to now address this. His cognitive decline directly relates to me. She brought it up directly. She's now jumping on the Trump cognitive decline. Train. And then you have Trump. And last night, something happened that has happened multiple times. Yep. He was on a temper tantrum about me, which is fine. He does that often. But he went on and talked about how I kept the, the police from going into the Capitol on <laughs> January 6th. Right. Went on and repeated that I didn't do anything to secure the Capitol. Let's be clear. I wasn't in the Capitol on January 6th. I wasn't in office on January 6th. He <laughs> mentioned it three times. He got confused. He got confused and said he was running against Obama. He never ran against Obama. Don't put our country at risk like this. This is not personal. I have no personal grievances with Donald Trump. It is personal when it comes to my kids. I this is, you know, I think it's too little too late, and we'll talk about that in a moment. This potentially would have been an interesting approach for Nikki Haley earlier. Now, she made a calculation. She made the calculation that actually it would hurt her. It she wants to maybe bring on Trump supporters, uh, depending on how the thing goes and, and shakes out as the primaries come. But this is an interesting approach because she's saying, I'm not going after Trump for policy. I'm just saying he's so confused. He doesn't know me from Nancy Pelosi. We, we just need someone else. It's an interesting approach to try to say to Trump supporters, you don't have to dislike what the guy did in 2016, 2017 to 2021, meaning that term, the term he won in 2016. He's just confused. We just need somebody else. That's all it is. Bigger picture. Nikki Haley is more generally jumping on the attack Trump train. And I want to talk about a little bit of that now. The question about Nikki Haley's new uh, aggressive attacks on Donald Trump as it becomes a two person race. The main question is, is it just too, too little too late? As we already looked at after Trump was visibly confused and confused Nancy Pelosi with Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley addressed over the weekend Trump's cognitive gaffe and said the guy's confused all the time. He thinks he ran against Obama once he didn't. He thinks I was in charge of capital security on January 6, 2021. I had nothing to do with it. Trump is confused. She's going beyond that. And she is levying more attacks on Donald Trump at another one of these town halls that nobody asked for and that we just didn't need. Haley much more directly went after Trump for the things she believes are his failures. And it just feels like it is way too late to make any kind of impact. Take a listen to this. The reason he's throwing these temper tantrums is because he knows I do have a chance. The reason he's doing this is because he knows he's not able to defend his record. He's not able to talk about why he wasn't tough enough on China when he should have. And he allowed fentanyl to come through and them steal our intellectual property and build up our military. He's not talking about the fact that he put us eight trillion dollars in debt over four years and we're digging out of it, unable to figure out how we're going to pay that now. He's 
he's not talking about the fact that he didn't stop the fentanyl flow that's affected this state and all over the country when he had the opportunity to do it. He's not talking about why did he go and praise President Xi a dozen times after they gave us COVID? Why would you do that? There are a lot of things he doesn't want to answer. So he can say, I'm not going to win. I don't care about that. What I am going to do is say, we need answers. The American people need answers. And if he's not giving it, that should worry every single one of you. Now, one of the interesting things is Nikki Haley was there and enabling a lot of those different things. <laughs> she was the ambassador to the UN for Trump while he was doing many of those things. And she said nothing and enabled it to continue, including the stuff related to China and President Xi. But here we are in a sort of practical uh, uh, mode. Is this really going to make a difference? Is this sort of very late in the game going after Trump really going to make a difference? And the um, uh, temper tantrum line came up again during this town hall. We can't continue down this path and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. You don't fix Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. So he can say everything that he wants that I don't have a chance. He wouldn't say it if he thought that that was true. The reason he's throwing these temper tantrums is because he knows I do have a chance. The reason he's doing this is because he knows he's not able to defend his record. He's not able to talk about why. All right. And then she goes into the other stuff. So I don't think this is going to make a difference. I think Nikki Haley's dead in the water. I know that we have sort of, you know, a lot of corporate media in order to make this seem like a race is pretending that Nikki Haley may very well win tomorrow night. And that if she does, it's off to the races. I get the path. I've explained the path. She wins New Hampshire. It's one to one Iowa and New Hampshire. We then go to South Carolina, her home state. If she wins that, it's two to one Nikki Haley. And all of a sudden she's in this thing. I get it. And it is absolutely true that that is what is riding on the state of New Hampshire. It's just really difficult to look at the polling and to see one poll where they are tied. Every other poll has Trump winning by 20 or more and say that she really has a shot. Might she overperform by a couple of points? Sure. Might Trump underperform by a couple of points? Yeah, that absolutely could happen. Is it a problem for Republicans, as we will talk about later, that only 20 percent of Americans say they would vote Trump in November if he is convicted? That is a major problem. But that is not slowing down the Trump train as far as the primary is concerned. And so I think this is too little too late. Uh, we we know that just making your campaign about Trump's bad by itself, it doesn't work because Chris Christie did it and he got three percent of the vote. But Nikki Haley is not Chris Christie. If she wanted to take this approach, she should have started it earlier. It's too late to make a difference. And my prediction is Nikki Haley gets crushed in New Hampshire and then loses her own home state of South Carolina. And I don't even know that she makes it to Super Tuesday. If I were a betting man, which I am not, that's the scenario that I'm betting on. Let's take a break. So much more news from the weekend coming up. Many people have the goal of getting in shape in 2024. Our sponsor, PhD Weight Loss, will help you make it happen. PhD Weight Loss was founded by licensed and registered dietitian, Dr. Ashley Lucas. It's not a crazy diet. It's not pills. It's not injections. It's an approach that I find very reasonable because PhD Weight Loss understands weight gain isn't your fault. It's not a personality flaw. You're not lacking willpower. It can be quite complicated, in fact. 
Ph.D. weight loss focuses on behavioral change, nutrition, education, and it takes an overarching sort of holistic approach to body and to habits. There are no severe calorie restrictions. There are no medications. There's no chronic, unsustainable exercise program. Their program is about healthy eating, customized meal plan, one on one coaching for a more personal experience. They take out all the guesswork when it comes to nutrition and diet and losing weight in a healthy way. You can learn more about Ph.D. weight loss at myphdweightloss.com. Then call for a consultation at 864-644-1900 and mention The David Pakman Show to get a week of the program totally free. Again, you can learn more at myphdweightloss.com. Then call 864-644-1900 for a consultation and mention my show to get a week for free. The info is in the podcast notes. When I'm working on the show or doing stuff on my computer, staying focused and getting in the zone is super important. It's not always easy. I would try Spotify or YouTube playlists. I'd end up actually more distracted than focused. And then someone told me about Brain FM's focus music, which is actually made by scientists working with musicians specifically to help you focus. I tried it and it worked really well for me, which is why I asked them to be a sponsor. With Brain FM, I just feel more productive and focused, easier to start on difficult work, easier to stay focused without getting distracted and do that really important deep work that I love to talk about. The team behind Brain FM actually won a National Science Foundation grant related to ADHD. And the app includes a special mode just for ADHD if you need it. They even have amazing sleep sounds that I've started using at night. You can try Brain FM totally free for an entire month. Just go to brain.fm slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. We're really in the final moments before the New Hampshire primary. We've looked at Nikki Haley events. We have looked at Ron DeSantis events. There is one more Trump event I want to take a quick look at. And again, it's getting very sad. Donald Trump, after his disastrous rally in Concord, New Hampshire Friday, where he confused Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley and seemed to enter a visibly disturbed and confused fugue state. He gave a rally in Manchester, New Hampshire, and it really wasn't much better. People leaving, just leaving, which we'll see in a moment as Trump made mistake after mistake. Here he is talking about foreign dignities rather than foreign dignitaries. This is declining as fast as anybody could have imagined. Capital and the safest capital anywhere in the world. No, but can you imagine you're a foreign dignity and you're coming into the United States? Imagine being a foreign dignity. That is really something tough for so many of us to imagine. Maybe the most confused moment from the rally that made the most headlines was when Donald Trump repeatedly seemed unable to say the word climate. He looks confused. The people on the stage behind him seem equally confused. It's really getting sad. And by the way, they don't work well in cold weather and they don't go far. That's true. They don't go far, but it's certainly not uh, great for your climb, your climb. They call it climate. That's that confused shoulder thing where he doesn't even know what he's saying. 
it is uh, not boding particularly well to have this guy president once again, uh, Donald Trump uh, speaking and people just leaving. Right. If you're looking for a sign that it's not looking good in New Hampshire, like you look at the polling, the polling looks fine. He's almost certainly going to win if you look at the polling. If you're looking for a sign that it's not looking so good, it would be people just walking out while he's talking. Take a look at this. And if you're just listening, people are heading for the exits as Trump delivers these lines. You know why? They looked at the polls and they decided we're not going to play there. So next week is Nevada, a great state. And DeSanctimony has just announced he's pulling out of Nevada. Yeah. Um, you know, half empty stadium, which he says is fuller than ever. And not even a stadium, more of like, I don't even know what to call it. And people are just leaving. So a real conflict of emotions during the speech. You know how Trump likes to play the sad apocalyptic music while it is playing. He acknowledges that the stock market is doing well. There's a real incongruency between the music you're hearing and the things that Donald Trump is telling. We are a nation whose stock market continued success is totally contingent on MAGA winning the next election. <laughs> yes, he can no longer deny that the stock market is doing really, really well. Record highs, all time highs on Friday. As of this moment that we're recording the Dow up another nearly 200 points. So they've given up on the stock market is terrible. Everyone's 401ks are doing fantastically well. IRAs, 403Bs, the whole thing. Now they have to justify it by saying it's only doing well because the market expects that I am going to win. And if I don't, then it'll go down a really ugly moment from the speech. Apparently there was someone heckling, protesting. I don't know what they were doing in the crowd. Trump called for the guy to be thrown out. And if you watch the video, it appears the guy <laughs> this isn't funny, but it's just the world we live in. It appears that the guy was then assaulted by Trump supporters with Trump saying, throw him the hell out of here. Take a look at this. I got who is this? Is he a friend? You can get him out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go ahead. You can throw him out. And then, as you can see, as the guy now walks through, people start taking swings at him, shoving him, assaulting him. What a crowd, huh? What a crowd of people. Yeah, as you can see, the the. The seats are mostly empty. I mean, it, it just everything about this is so humiliating. Well, now we know that politics is getting serious. So now we know we're getting serious now. He's just a disturbed person. <laughs> if that's the case, why are people beating on the guy? Right. And then lastly, Donald Trump addressing the concerns about his cognition, which I mean, listen, forget about everything from the last seven years and the increased confusion focusing just on this weekend. He tries to say climate and he can't. 
He calls them foreign dignities. He says that Nikki Haley, rather than Nancy Pelosi, were in charge, was in charge of the uh, Capitol security on January 6, 2021. He says it's all it's all a joke. It's just sarcasm, guys. Don't you get it? You you don't realize that it's sarcasm. That's the problem. But I don't do it because what they do is if I'm sarcastic or like I, a lot of times I'll say and President Obama is doing a lousy job, meaning that Obama is running the show. They'll right. say Donald Trump doesn't know who our president is. No, no, because cognitively, you know, I don't know if you saw, but a few months ago I took a cognitive test. My doctor gave me I said this was years ago. It was years ago. It wasn't a few months ago that Trump took a cognitive test. It was years ago that he did it. He did it while he was president. It's almost the next term already. His every time he brags about the cognitive test, we are more concerned because it was years, not months ago. Give me a cognitive test just so we can, you know, because you know what the standards were. And I aced it. I also took one when I was in. But I also took one when I was in the White House. No, I'll let you know when I go. Oh, I guess now he remembers that actually he it was years ago. So he says, I also took one in the White House. And I really think I'll be able to take because someday we go bad. But, you know, I've had and they always say, like, like Haley, she talks about, yeah, we don't need 80 year old. Well, I don't mind being 80, but I'm 77. That's a big difference. <laughs> major, major difference. So. Listen, I don't really understand if the this if this is the track, this, this is the trajectory. Um, I don't understand what this guy is going to be like come October. If he is indeed the nominee, there's every indication that he's going to be the nominee. And now that he sees Nikki Haley as the only remaining threat, he is going xenophobic on her. Let's talk about that next. As some of you know, Nikki Haley uh, is of uh, Indian background and I, I mean Indian from India. And Donald Trump now um, is admitting that his new nickname for her, Nimbra, is based on where she comes from, which is just Trump saying it's a xenophobic nickname. Here is Brett Bayer interviewing Donald Trump over the weekend in Bedford, New Hampshire, I guess before one of his various events. And uh, here is Donald. And even even the uh, lower third on Fox News says Trump slams Nikki Haley, mocks her Indian name, Nimrata. Take a listen to this. It just felt good to me. And with her, it's just something that came. It's a little bit of a takeoff on her name, you know, her name, wherever she may come from. But uh, it's just what do you mean by that? Takeoff. What do you mean? Uh, it's a little bit of a takeoff. I look at her name. I look at a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of uh, names for people. <laughs> Trump's realizing what he's saying is horribly racist. He's like, well, I noticed that her name is Indian and that is funny to me. So I came up with just a way to make fun of the fact that she's Indian. So now he's like, well, you know, I just I make I make up names and it's just it's a whole great thing. I, do. Name, I look at a lot of people, you know, I do a lot of uh, names for people like Pocahontas. Yeah, uh, she said my mother said I look like an Indian. So I started calling her Pocahontas. Right. Some people say I'm very good at that. But uh, yeah, some people like to say that. Uh, this is just Trump admitting he's come up with a xenophobic name for uh, Nikki Haley. And by the way, you know, Trump mispronouncing Vivek Ramaswamy's name throughout the entire campaign. If the cir circumstances were reversed and it had been Nikki Haley who dropped out and endorsed Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy, who was threatening Trump in New Hampshire, he would be making fun of Vivek Ramaswamy for having an Indian background. It's, he he doesn't care. It's, this is what he does. It's Pocahontas. It's 
it's all of it. And here he is very clearly just admitting it. This is what it is. This is why I'm doing it. Uh, And this is what the Republican Party wants, or at least is not dissuaded by. At minimum, we can say they certainly aren't dissuaded by this sort of overt xenophobia. I would love it if Nikki Haley absolutely crushed this guy. I don't vote in the Republican primary and Republicans want Trump over Haley. So that's most likely the outcome we're going to end up with here. I'm very particular about my coffee and our sponsor trade coffee helps you do more in 2024. If you're like me, coffee might be part of your routine, maybe a factor in your productivity. Check out trade as your destination for better coffee at home. Subscribe to trade and start the year with amazing coffee. You'll discover new favorites. You'll support more than 55 local roasters across the country and you will upgrade your morning. And the best part is you can personalize all of it from the type of coffee you get, how often you get it delivered. They have decaf. If that's your preference, I recently got Oren's Colombian from New York, sweet and inviting, full bodied notes of pine. I actually love pine. Who knew pine is great. Every time I get a new shipment from trade, the quality and the taste is top notch. The convenience is it's just great. The coffee comes to my door instead of having to go find them. Whether you already know what you like or you're new to specialty coffee and want some help, trade just makes it easy to discover new coffees you will like. Jumpstart the year. Sign up for a trade subscription right now. Trade is offering a free bag with select subscription plans when you visit drinktrade.com slash Pacman. That's drinktrade.com slash Pacman to get a free bag of coffee with select subscription plans. The link is in the podcast notes. You might remember that a few years ago the show got hacked and uh, a bunch of money was stolen and we never got it back. But I now have more peace of mind because I'm using Aura. Our sponsor Aura is your all in one tool for protecting your online and financial accounts. Aura alerts you anytime your personal information is found on the dark web or data breaches like social security number, login credentials, financial accounts, and you get super fast alerts if a criminal does something like try to open a bank account in your name or take out a credit card in your name. Aura also lets you instantly lock your Experian credit file with a single click to stop unwanted inquiries into your credit history. Aura will monitor your bank accounts, home and auto titles. All of these things really just safeguard you against fraud of all kinds. Aura even protects your phone by letting you block and screen spam calls and texts. And Aura has parental controls for your kids devices. You can restrict apps or manage screen time, set focus time to make sure they're doing homework instead of binging YouTube or whatever the case may be. You can try Aura for free for 14 days at Aura.com slash Pacman. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Republicans are rightly panicking, and I'm not talking about the people running for president. I'm not even necessarily talking about those running for reelection in the Senate. I'm talking about primarily members of the House of Representatives. And the reason that Republicans are panicking 
is many of them are realizing, you know, the people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't even know that they think about this and I don't even know that it matters based on who votes for Marjorie Taylor Greene. But the Republicans who think about, oh, I need to justify my reelection. I'm not just entitled to be here indefinitely just because I want to be. They're realizing they have zero accomplishments to run on. They have nothing to show for themselves, not just for two years, but really for four years at this point in time, almost four years. There's an interesting article in NBC News. It's embarrassing. Republicans worry they have no achievements to run on in 2024. You might remember, and this article references it, Chip Roy has openly questioned whether the Republican Party deserves to keep the House majority lamenting the lack of accomplishments this Congress. He is not alone. It's a short article. I encourage you to check it out. It essentially is explaining that all sorts of Republicans are realizing they don't really have anything to run on. When he was on Newsmax, Andy Biggs said, we have nothing. In my opinion, we have nothing to go out there and campaign on. It's embarrassing. Anchor Chris Salcedo responded with a bemused chuckle. I know the Republican Party in the Congress majority has zero accomplishments. And there's a whole bunch of other examples of this. There's a couple different aspects to this that are important to talk about. First of all, we should recall that there is a sliver of the Republican Party. It's not tiny. I don't know that I should call it a sliver. It's a chunk of the Republican Party that believes Congress should do less. They believe lawmakers should do less. They believe that we need a government that does very little as a general principle. And so for some of them, nothing being done is a good thing. When you ask them, what about the fact that Republicans have accomplished nothing and have obstructed and stood in the way of Democrats doing things? They say, I think that's great. Congress does too much. We really should do as little as possible, especially when it's Democrats trying to do things. So there are some Republicans who will not punish their elected officials for this complete and total lack of accomplishment. The other side to this is that there are a number of Republican voters. We don't know what the size is, and maybe we will get polling that will explain this to us as we get closer to November. There's a faction of the Republican Party that isn't thrilled with when you say to them, what are you aware of Republicans doing over the last couple of years? They won't have any policy that they can point to, but they will think of, well, they worked to get those pictures of Hunter Biden's penis released. They tried to make a list of books that shouldn't be allowed. They write the, the contrived social issues. Some of the faction that record they, they looked at impeaching Joe Biden or whatever. Some of them will say, I like those things that they did. That's faction number two. So you've got those who say it's great that they've done nothing. Those who say they've they've done these contrived social things, but I like them. And then there's a faction that will say they've done these contrived social things and I don't like it. If that third section is big enough, well, they expelled George Santos and did nothing else. And I think it's absolutely idiotic. It may very well hurt them in November. Now, I know that every time we talk about what November is looking like, and we're going to look at a little polling later on today, some in the audience will write to me. They'll say, David, the polling just looks terrible. I do agree that some of the polling for Joe Biden doesn't look good, although some actually look looks quite good. For me, the most important 30,000 foot level kind of zoom out things are economy's pretty good and presidents tend to get reelected when that's the case. 80% of the country seems unwilling to vote for Trump if he's been convicted. That's a, a major factor. 
And uh, there are apparently enough Republicans displeased with the total lack of actual accomplishments that um, it may be what tips the scales in November away from whoever is the Republican nominee as well. On some of these things, you know, the stonewalling of legislation or kicking George Santos out or looking at holding Biden accountable for crimes they have no evidence of. I think that people are titillated by that. The question is, is it enough people that it would actually get them their person in the Oval Office in November? I'm hoping the answer is no, and I'm increasingly leaning towards it's not going to be enough to uh, defeat Biden. And I know that there are people in the audience very scared and I see the same polling you see, but it's not looking to me like this is an election year in which Republicans are going to be excited about coming out to vote for the guy that already lost in 2020 and vote for the representatives that have accomplished nothing in the last two to four years. I just don't see that happening. I could be wrong. We have 10 months to go and then we will see Donald Trump's lawyer Joe Tacopina has quit in the middle of a bunch of different criminal trials that Donald Trump is involved with. This is super interesting because months ago when we covered uh, live court events of Donald Trump's Joe Tacopina was right there in the scrum of reporters defending every one of Trump's actions, assailing the character of everyone bringing cases and complaints against Donald Trump. And all of a sudden, Joe Tacopina has quit. He has quit in the middle of this extremely explosive legal situation that at least in theory could be very profitable for a high profile attorney. He was interviewed on MSNBC by Al Sharpton. I didn't even know Al Sharpton still had a show on MSNBC and he explains nothing. Here is Joe Tacopina supposedly explaining why he quit. Can anybody figure out what he's talking about here? What is he saying? Why would you leave the team? By the way, it's the first and only interview, Reverend, that I'll be doing on this topic. Okay, you're you're someone obviously very special to me and someone I have a relationship with, and and you know I, I'm going to discuss it once and only once to the degree I can. Um, I left the team because it was just my time. Um, I had to follow, follow my compass, and and. It's his time and he has to follow his compass. Does this mean I'm not getting paid anymore? Does this mean that this is a losing battle? Does this mean I don't want to attach my name to a sinking ship? What does it mean? It's my time. I don't know. My compass told me it was my time there was done. Um, there are a lot of personal reasons that went into that, things that I, I, I can and won't discuss. Um, I also have ASAP Rocky's trial coming up this year, which is going to take most of my year. The attention that's going to be put to that case, there's a lot riding on that uh, for that young man, his wife and his family. Um, but there are personal reasons. And, and, you know, as much as I'd love to discuss them, I, I just can't because while I, I see many lawyers, ex-lawyers of the president go on television once they're removed from the team or leave the team and discuss him and, and his legal team and have something to say and criticize everyone around. It's not professional. It's petty ante. It's it's it shows a lack of confidence in oneself when you go out there and do that. There's also a fiduciary obligation. So regardless of how I feel personally, um, I have to stay close to the vest when it comes to the exact personal reasons. Reverend, you and I are very close. We can always talk about that. Um, but but I just don't want to be like the lawyers who do things that, in my opinion, make them look very bad and violate what an attorney's privileges mean to a client, whether you are with the client or no longer with the client, whether you like the client or don't like the client. But I just had to follow my compass. It was my time. Anybody, so 75, 95 seconds. 
what is he talking about? What is the reason that he left? His compass told him that it was time to go. It's very strange. And he continued talking, by the way, about the serious nature of the cases against Donald Trump, which is also interesting to hear. And that case doesn't excite me. That case is not something I think is, is is one of the strong cases. The Manhattan DA's case that I was on, I don't think that's a strong case. There's other cases. There's Georgia, there's Washington, D.C. You think some of them are strong cases? Those are serious cases. Um, the two federal cases are serious cases. Um, and, and I think they're they're uh, not to be taken lightly. Let's put it that do way. You so what do we think is going on here? It, it doesn't seem like it would be as simple as Trump stopped paying Takapina's legal bills. He says he has this case defending uh, the artist ASAP Rocky, which I imagine is lucrative, but he's saying it's actually more personal reasons, which he's not able to speak about, but they relate to the case because if they were personal reasons that didn't relate to the case, you could say, you know, there's someone in my family who is sick. And I have responsibilities to that. That doesn't violate attorney client privilege the way he's talking about. That doesn't go on to assail the character of the defendant, Donald Trump or of others on the legal team. So when he says it's personal reasons, but he doesn't want to violate privilege and he doesn't want to go and attack anybody who's involved in the defense, it seems to me that that doesn't really make sense. They must be personal problems that he has with someone. So it's a very interesting uh, development. Takapina, you know, uh, his reputation is mixed depending on who you ask. He has a great reputation as an attorney in terms of getting results for his clients. Or the other opinion is he's kind of this brash New Yorker type guy who is very aggressive on television, but maybe is less well suited to uh, some of the cases he's involved in. I tend to lean more towards the former. He actually seems like quite a competent attorney, despite being maybe rougher around the edges than we might be used to uh, in some kind of superficial sense. So I don't know what this is all about. It is very interesting. We know that Donald Trump regularly loses lawyers, struggles to find lawyers for a number of different reasons. Will we ever know the truth? Maybe not. Can we speculate that it has something to do with the complete and total chaos of working with Trump and the other attorneys that are sometimes surrounding him? Uh, we could probably assume that unless we find some evidence to the contrary. But Joe Tacopina, after seeming like he was going to stick with Trump to the end of this sordid tale, is gone. All right, let's now get to the poll that so many of you emailed me about over the weekend and said, David, this is the poll. You have to look at this poll because it is shocking, if true, in terms of what it means for the future of the election. There was an Ipsos Reuters poll which found that if Donald Trump were to be convicted, if Donald Trump were to be convicted, only one in five voters would vote for the guy. Now, we don't know if Trump is going to be convicted, but a number of legal analysts say if you look at all of these 91 charges and you look at how strong and specific and detailed the indictments are in many cases, you have to guess that somewhere in here there is a conviction coming. And did I do that thing where I say indictment instead of conviction? If I did, we're talking about conviction. He's already been indicted. You have to assume there's a conviction coming somewhere. Now, will it be before November? That's a different question. Some of the trials not scheduled to start until the second half of this year. We may not know the answer to that. So here we have the polling data. If all other things were equal, would you vote for Trump in 24 if he is convicted of a felony crime by a jury overall? 
say they would vote for a convicted Trump. Fifty eight percent say they would not. Twenty percent don't know. OK, among Democrats, only three percent of Democrats would vote for Trump if convicted. Forty three percent of Republicans would vote for Trump if convicted and 14 percent of independents would vote for Trump if convicted. That's really bad. There's also a very interesting second question, which is about prison time, which says, would you vote Trump in 24 if he is serving time in prison? Now, again, the likelihood that even if convicted and even if sentenced to prison, the sentencing and Trump serving the sentence would start before November's election. So unlikely, so unlikely, but that's OK. We'll still look at the question as asked. 18% of all voters would vote Trump if he is sitting in a prison cell. Now, there's a couple of interesting things to think about. When you look at that 18 to 20, 20% would vote Trump if convicted, 18% would vote for Trump while serving prison time. That 18 to 20% seems to be what we would call the super, super, super hardcore MAGA base. The super. It doesn't matter that the you could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and they would still vote for you crowd. It seems like it's somewhere in there around one fifth of the total electorate. This overall is very bad news for Donald Trump. Now, there are other polls with slightly different uh, results about uh, about this, but it is a very potentially bad sign for Donald Trump that if any conviction happens, any conviction he loses, he likely loses somewhere between 60 and 80 percent of the total electorate. Does this mean there's anything different that he can do? I think he believes if he becomes president, he can deal with his legal problems. But the question here is, how does he deal with his legal problems in order to not have that become an obstacle uh, for becoming president of the United States? The question, what is the truly hardcore base for Trump? where it's no matter what they're voting for him, it seems to be 20, 20 percent, 18 to 20 percent. And that is a really scary number. We have a voicemail number two one nine two David P. Once again, there are impersonators out there trying to scam my audience, pretending to be me. Here's another example of this. Hey, David, I've got a question. Yep. My name is Doug Falls, F-A-L-L-S. Yes, sir. Have you ever texted me no. on a website called Signal? No. Because if not, you've been hacked. It's not and that I've been hacked. tried to get me to send you or them, I should that, say. Exactly. A $4,000 gift card agreeing to help me with my finances. Right. And I don't believe it was you. I it was not. It was not. So I'm going to say this again. OK, the only way in which we collect money from the audience is when you get a membership on my website or a membership on some other legitimate platform, YouTube, Patreon, Twitch. I am not communicating with uh, members of the audience. We would never use Signal or Telegram or WhatsApp to have me communicate with people in the audience. I'm too busy to communicate individually with people in the audience. OK, so it is not me. 
It is not me. And people sometimes get mad and say, David, why aren't you doing more to stop this? There's essentially nothing we can do when we see it on YouTube. You see these comments, someone using my thumbnail and saying, hey, I'd love to hear more about your thoughts. Please WhatsApp me or whatever. We report it, but it's like, you know, whack-a-mole. These things are popping up faster than we can beat them back. So the only way to communicate with the show is through email addresses that say at davidpackman.com. If you have a membership issue or whatever info at davidpackman.com, we have a voicemail number where you leave voicemails. I'm not communicating with anyone through uh, chat, text, any of it. Okay. All we can do is every couple months I have to issue this reminder. It's a terrible thing that is happening, but I'm not asking fans for four thousand dollars via signal. I'm not asking for gift cards. We're not doing any of it. Also, I'm not helping people with finances. I, it's just not a service I offer. If you call in and have a financial question, I'll answer it to the best of my ability. But I'm not uh, doing financial consulting for people in the audience. All right. So just a reminder, it's all fake. We have a great bonus show for you today. Uh, Gavin Newsom has been trying to limit tackle football for kids, which I think is a very worthy cause. I have to tell you he's failing. It's not working. We are going to talk about the Innocence Project taking up a very interesting criminal case, that of Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson convicted of killing his wife, Lacey Peterson. It was one of these sensational stories of years ago. And Tim Scott is suddenly engaged to be married. Why is this a story we care about? Well, I have a few thoughts about it. We will discuss all of them on the bonus. Show. A David Pacman membership costs six bucks a month. It's six bucks a month, as Howard Stern says, but you can get it discounted to two bucks a month with the coupon code Save Democracy 24. You can find all of it at joinpacman.com. I will see you on the bonus show. I will see you tonight for Trump's final rally before the New Hampshire election, a primary election. And we will see you tomorrow night with live New Hampshire results. A lot happening this week that I can tell you. 